What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Right here at 104.5, 106.1, the sister station, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, this is Corey DLG, and uh, with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's me. What's going on, man? How have you been? I've been doing well. Doing, doing well. well? I don't I don't know about that. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Oh man! So, uh, not too too much going on. It's Thursday, but we're getting closer to that weekend. So That's everyone's true. got their fingers crossed. That the weekend will come. Like it's, it's gonna happen, guys. <laughs> Did I miss something? Is there like an asteroid heading towards Earth that's gonna destroy us before the weekend? <laughs> I mean, we've all you know wished as much. I mean, that's true. That is true. Man, wouldn't that be like something like the cumulative wishing for the world to end finally catches up to us? Yeah, people are like, oh man, I'm so tired of this year. I wish the world would just end. It's like, okay. You're the one millionth wisher. Yay! <laughs> Congratulations, you won. <laughs> it's like, what did I win? Oh, and the world ended. Oh, yeah. that's... Yeah. Ooh. Uh- Oh, couldn't, just get like a, couldn't just oh. get like a million dollars? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> Currency won't matter after the asteroid hits us. It's like, oh, it's not that much. I've always said that, like, uh, <laughs> my big fear is that we're going to, uh, like, I'll win the lottery and, like, the next day the zombie apocalypse starts. Yeah. I always felt I like mean, that would happen to me. Yeah, that seems like a personal attack. <laughs> the universe was like, nah, this guy, this guy's not gonna get it. The universe is like, okay, he won the lottery. Now watch this. I, I'm glad to see that you you've you you've done you've done the impossible. Check this out. <laughs> yeah. Now it's our turn. Well, that'd be brutal. Wouldn't it? That would not be a good feeling at all. Sad feelings. <laughs> oh man, so there's a lot going on in pop culture this week. There's been um, I don't believe you. I mean, listen, you're right. You're right. Um, I haven't looked at it, but apparently they've released a website for Spider-Man No Way Home, and there's a pretty solid screenshots of the Spider-Man villains. So we've kind of talked about before that they're more than likely the Spider-Man villains from all the movies are going to be, or from most of the movies are going to be in this. Uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus, uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro, um... Oh, I just thought about this. Isn't in Spider-Man, uh, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, isn't uh, the lizard played by Dr. Kurt Connors? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, isn't he played by Paul Bettany? Um, I think so. Hold on. Oh, look at that. Which, was that Spider-Man 1 or 2? Spider-Man 1 under Andrew Garfield. Because that was the one, yeah. 
it's so funny that like this is now like the most this is his his spider-man is the most like hated one now yeah how did that happen like because everyone loves tom holland because he's just like a, a dork <laughs> yeah and, that's probably fair and then uh like the Sam Raimi trilogy is just like so well beloved by the internet, and like it shouldn't be though. Oh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. That movie's great. It's because it was everyone's like childhood. Because that, like that movie came out at like the perfect time to like reach like peak internet memehood. <laughs> that movie is. Those movies were terrible. By the third one, they're like brutally impossible to watch. Alright, no. Uh, yeah, Dr. Kurt Connors. There he is. The uh, Reese Ifans. So, no. Rice? Who is that? R-H-Y? I've never heard of this person before in my life. Oh, you, you were wrong. I, I, just, I guess I just don't remember who played Kurt Connors. Oh, that's him. Martin Sheen was Uncle Ben in this one. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Susan Sarandon. Was it Susan Sarandon? Sally Field. Yeah. Who was it? Yeah, Sally Field. Sally Field. You're right the second time. Uh, now I gotta look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who it is. I can see it now. I guess I had in my head that it was Paul Bettany. I woke up today just thinking Paul Bettany was a lizard. I don't know why. Paul Bettany's Paul a lizard. Bettany. I mean, he might be a lizard, but I, I woke up thinking he was the lizard. It was wrong. Uh, I, think you, I think you're just thinking a lizard. <laughs> um, they debuted a new anime Star Wars series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, I did, I did see this. I'm so excited to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. The trailers are incredible. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how many episodes they debuted. I don't know. I, they're gonna, you know, Disney Plus does the weekly release thing. Just like, like I get it and I understand, and it's probably better for like a marketing reason. But it's so frustrating as a person who's supposed to just consume everything at once. <laughs> consume. <laughs> like it's it's really annoying. Like uh, also, uh, Rick and Morty, like. Half of season five is just free on Adult Swim, so I watched that. And man, not having to wait weekly was like godsend. Yeah, that's probably accurate. They're about to do the hour-long finale, um, I guess the end of this month? Oh, man. And then that's it for this season. Well, I've only seen like half of it, so. I've only seen Mr. Nimbus. Oh, I've only seen the first episode? Yeah, because I don't have anywhere to. Yeah, there's like nowhere to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> if you have, have if you have, have a cable provider. Five... I don't. That's the thing. I have the top five streaming platforms. Can't watch and it. there's nowhere to watch episodes of Rick and Morty after the air. Well, or you can Stargirl. Watch... You can watch uh, the old seasons on HBO. Yeah, I can watch the old season, but that's not what I... 
I can't watch the new stuff. See, I'd be more specific. You said you couldn't watch it at all. Oh, no, 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 yeah. No, Rick and Morty, yeah, but I can't watch the new stuff. I like to I like to think that it's just on the Adult Swim app because they're menaces to society like that. <laughs> That's what? how they roll, son. They're so weird. They just do whatever they want. Uh, it's basically us. Yeah, like they're like the public cable channel version of us. <laughs> just, just making whatever they feel like. Just make whatever they feel like. Having the weirdest release schedule known to man. The public download. channel cable version of us. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. I there's can some, like. There's some really weird stuff. If you ever want to like. If you ever want to know how really strange Adult Swim is, just go to their website and click, like, all shows. There's, like, four million on. <laughs> yeah, they've had a lot of shows. I, I kind of forget about that. They have, and they've had a lot of them that are, like, ten-minute episodes. Yeah. Things are, like, nine minutes long. Like, 12-ounce mouse, I'm committed, like, wasn't a thing that existed because I was, like... There's no way they put this, like, weird hand-drawn, like, awful-looking TV show on the air at 4 a.m. And then uh, I saw, like, a clip of it on YouTube, and I was like, is this a real show? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got, like, several seasons. And I'm like, man, I really am out of touch with reality. (laughs) Could have sworn this was a fever dream. No, Adult Swim used to put on just... You would almost, I mean, I kind of want to say anything. I mean, they obviously not, but there wasn't like a quality control to it. It was, it was, it was really just about like, this is cool, air it. And like, that was kind of it. Hey, yo, did you see this? Did you see this poorly drawn uh, animated TV show? It's kind of funny. So I'm going to put it on for, I'm going to put it on for three hours at 3 a.m. Right. Yeah, man, like, uh, yeah, 12 Ounce Mouse was a real thing. I used to think they were joking about it because of the title. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought they were just messing around. Uh, like, this was some kind of Disney World reference or something. And so, like, when they would list it in the, in the scheduling, it would be like, you know, oh, 9 p.m., uh, four episodes of Dragon Ball Z, uh, 10.22 10 ounce, and I'd be like, or 12 ounce, I'd be like, okay, what are they airing there? That's weird. Super random, I guess. And like, it wasn't something that I sought out, so I never really, and then one time I did that, like, they were doing like two hours of it. And I was like, all right, I'm, okay. And I watched like the first one, and I was like, I can't watch the rest of this. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, because it's really, it's really weird. And like, the episode I watched was a really specific, like, like pre like season finale type deals so like there's all this stuff happening and i'm like oh no i know nothing <laughs> what is going on? on yeah that's the worst that is literally the worst when you... like i couldn't even like i couldn't even believe my eyes also adult swim like saves like shows that they like really enjoy it's a really weird, like, thing that for a channel to do. Um, Netflix does it. 
Yeah, but like Netflix is a streaming service, and I feel like there's a little bit more legitimacy to like, like something got canceled on Netflix and picked up by Adult Swim. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that's becoming more and more common. I think when something says, um, well, like the show Final Space has had three different channels for a home. That's true. You know, like when something. When something clicks, or when a when a studio thinks that there's still, I mean, Brooklyn Nine Nine went went back went uh, was a Fox show forever, and then it went to NBC for the final two years. Yeah. Um, Manifest, and this is a weird one to me. This is odd. Manifest was on the cusp of getting renewed all like quote unquote off season. Mm. So like. You were just hearing nonstop, like, Manifest hasn't technically been renewed yet, but the cast is still sticking around, blah, blah, blah. So, like, everyone was kept under contract, everyone was holding, everyone was circling the date, and, and like, for production to start again. And it got really late in the game when finally, I think it's NBC, was like, mm, you know what, we're, we, we've been on the fence and we're just not sure, so we're going to take that as a no. We're going to say no. And like, it was kind of a, like a long, like a month after no was said that that before Netflix came in, and Netflix came in and specifically said we're only doing a final season, which is a power move, I guess. It's a power move, but it's also a, it's kind of odd. But I, I maybe it's really smart because then it gives all the fans the closure. Like my understanding is they hadn't solved the manifest issue yet. Did they? I don't, I, I don't know. I've never seen it. I, I I've only seen the preview for it and thought like, what an interesting premise, and then never watched an episode. <laughs> ah, classic TV enjoyer. Like the preview they show on Netflix when you hover over it now, but it is smart, right? Because now Netflix is going to have the complete story. So anyone who's touched it for three years, if they're ever like, how did that end? They have to go to Netflix. Yeah, that's true. Especially it's like. No, I'm okay with just having the three seasons that are whatever whatever amount of seasons I just didn't watch. Right. Like, yeah, if you never know, you never know. But, like, to take a network show and then to solve it on your streaming service, that I can see where that makes a little bit more sense. But it is a weird power move. Yeah. Like, the exact opposite was true for a long time for a bunch of animes that were on Netflix. Like, uh, Hunter Hunter and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. They just weren't finished on Netflix for whatever reason. Like, they had were like, yeah, we have seasons one through four. And they're like, okay, what about the fifth one for both of them? And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, these shows have been done for literally years, and they're just, like, not finished on Netflix for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I wonder if that was Netflix just testing out, like, how many people are going to come and rewatch. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but if your story's not even done, like... Like, I had to finish watching Brotherhood on, like, the Funimation app. Yeah, no, I get, like, I get it's dumb not to finish it, finish it. Like, why didn't they just buy all five seasons if they're going to buy four? Yeah. But maybe they only bought, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because, like, by the time they bought them, they, like, the shows were already done airing. That's why I'm, like, it's I like they were, like. I have to know like, pricing. I have to know yeah. pricing before I can decide how dumb it is, though. 
Yeah, like maybe it's like, oh, you can get the first four seasons for like $30, but like the last one's going to cost you money. It's like, what if we just get the cheap one? Yeah, what if we just get the first four and then let's see if anyone even streams it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I imagine in an office, anime is still a gamble, like in a streaming service. I mean, I feel like not anymore. No. The Netflix does so much original anime now. Well, no, and you're right. But I, but what I mean is, like, I imagine as they are, because animes are either beloved or hated. And, like, if they're not tied into that culture, then they don't know, then they don't know. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but, like, these two shows are, like, some of the most beloved in the entire industry. That's why it was weird. You yeah. talk about two of them. One, which was legitimately hailed at, like, the top of, like, literally every anime, like, listicle site and even like the user submitted ones that are like yeah this is like one of the best shows ever and it's just like yeah we just don't have the complete series <laughs> it's like I mean it's why? gotta be twice. it's gotta be <laughs> well one of my favorite shows they didn't bring back for a third season from NBC I'm real sad about it Depression. was uh, Zoe's Infinite Playlist I don't even know what that is man I really dug it it was such a weird show but I like you know I watch so much TV that when something really is odd, it kind of sticks with me. So I'm like, man, this is these these guys are trying something different. Uh, so the premise was the little girl Zoe, not little girl. I mean, she's in her 20s or whatever. But the premise is that she she goes to get she's having like headaches and stuff, so she goes to get an MRI in the first episode. Mm-hmm. She's in the MRI machine when an earthquake happens, and for the for the rest of the show, when people are feeling a kind of way she can hear them sing a song only to her okay i do i do now i now you explaining this premise is now i I know what you're talking about now so like she'd be in the office and somebody's having a bad day and they're sitting there like breaking down half crying singing mad world at their desk but only she knows that they're singing it right yeah and then like if she doesn't help them the song keeps haunting her until she helps them Okay, so it's like a that monster of the week, but like episodic, like solve issue. Yeah, and it's about her and her friends. Like it circles around the four of them and their relationships and all that. But like, it's it was it was incredibly interesting. But like the the show dealt with a lot of like weird things. Like her father was dying of like a degenerative disease, like an MS type thing. Mm-hmm. So the whole family is kind of built around that. Like, it was just an interesting, interesting show. Um, but I imagine the music licensing is expensive. Yeah, like, I hate the music industry as like, much as anyone. And that's really, like, one of the things that just is awful. Like, <laughs> they sing songs. It's like, well, are they original songs? It's like, no. And it's like, well, we're not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we're not going to do it. Because, like, man, like, there's nothing more satisfying than having, like, music shows that, like, fit really well. Oh, yeah. Anytime, like, Glee did a really good job for a long time. Oh, yeah. But then Glee started to get kind of old. Right. And Glee also has, like, the benefit that, like, it's a different version of the song. Yeah, they were doing original. Well, and so so was uh, Infinite Playlist because in the sense, like, a lot of it... There was a lot of dance number to it. There's a lot of kind of production to it. It was kind of, it just was weirdly interesting. Mm-hmm. But it definitely emphasized, like, and maybe this is just a me thing, but like how important music is, you know, like, 
Yeah. Music is a big part of, of, uh, of life. And like, I don't know, I really enjoyed the show. And so <laughs> I, I was keeping an eye on the headlines. And every time it would be like, NBC sweetheart might get saved. I'd be like, oh, please, like, please save this show. And like, none of the streaming services wanted it. <laughs> yeah, because it's basically like, hey, you want a show that some people watch and you have to pay an insane amount of money for music licensing? It's like, no, no, I'm okay. Especially yeah. because, like, let us not forget Netflix is in infinity debt. And like, I don't even know how they make money at this point. <laughs> Well, a big part of it, I do think, I think a lot of the debt went away when Disney opted out of a lot of stuff. And I'm like, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, I'm sure their landscape has drastically changed since the last time we covered them. But like, no, 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 it hasn't. As a matter of fact, I read an article recently where uh, one investor was like, I'm a little uncomfortable with how much debt they carry. However... Yeah, so it's like, still a thing. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe my my fears aren't unfounded. See, well, look no, at that. We talked about it. I mean, wasn't it like brain investor here? Wasn't it something you know, a couple billion dollars in debt, right? Yeah, it was something like absolutely insane. But I do think, I think a lot of that money was towards the Disney deal. So when Disney opted out, that kind of got them off the hook of a big number. Yeah, but they pay so much just for like. Some, like, what did they spend a hundred million dollars just to get uh, Mitchells and the Machines? Yeah, they're kind of known for overpaying. Netflix is known for overpaying people and for projects too. Um, Hollywood has kind of complained a little bit about Netflix deals because in Hollywood, a lot of times, let's say you sign like a two season deal to be the executive producer of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, or the director, not the executive. The producer is involved in the money. So let's say director. And really, if you get to season four, that's when you get to renegotiate deals and back in money starts coming in and blah, blah, blah. Well, Hollywood knows that. And so a lot of times, like season four and on, everybody's cool with taking a lot less money because they're getting money on the back end, blah, blah, blah. This is when royalty checks start kicking in and all that. Yeah. This is when a lot more money gets made because the show is worth money now. Yeah, it's proven itself. Right. Well, in Netflix, most shows don't get past season four. So instead, they just give you $30 million up front, and they're like, make three seasons. Yeah. And so what happens is people are like cashing in because... It doesn't matter if they get to four seasons or not anymore. So now that puts a lot of more money, a lot more pressure on Hollywood to do more equitable deals. And a lot of people in Hollywood were like, we don't want to. <laughs> oh, no. I have to treat people fairly. Right. Oh, people want more money up front? Oh, I don't want to do that. And it was, it's a legit issue that they're dealing with because, I mean, you're like, look. I can shop this to Netflix and they're going to give me two seasons and 50 million or right. If I've got a halfway put together show and an agent good enough to get me in front of Netflix, then which my understanding is not very hard. A couple of guys I'm friends with on Facebook have gotten Netflix deals. So it's kind of interesting. Um, 
But yeah, Netflix will, you know, if Netflix wants it, they'll buy it and they'll make you an offer that you don't walk away from. Yeah. Here's here's fifty million dollars. Well, and a lot and a lot of times they just, you know, uh, Will Smith sits down and says he wants to do a movie. Okay. Well, here's a hundred million dollars in a script for Bright. Go. Yeah, no joke. You know, that would have been a really hard movie to get made. Almost any other studio. And Netflix was like, we get Will Smith? Yeah, here's a hundred million dollars. And it's so funny because, like, Netflix has been around for a lot longer than people think. Yeah, for sure. Netflix is older than I am. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is about 40 years old. It's not that old. No, it's a, well, it's pretty old because they started regional. By the time they were national, they'd already been around for a little while. Yeah. Like, Netflix is old guard, like, company. It's just funny to think about how different they are than when they started. And how much of a, like, like, there's still a household name despite there being a lot of competition for it. Well, yeah, you, I mean, we call it Netflix and chill. Like, it, it's, it is the verb of its industry. Like, it's Google just, it. Right, true. It's, oh, it's, man, there's a terrible Twitter thread going on right now. Fair where, enough. Uh, black people who work on the Google campus are, recant, are recounting their stories of racism. Man, who would have known? It's not good. One of them was, I was on breaks, I was riding my bike around campus, and uh, someone didn't believe I was an employee there, so two security guards escorted me back to my office because they didn't believe my ID either. Yep. Yep. I did not believe the ID. I mean, you could make a fake ID, I guess. Yeah, but couldn't you just write, I bet Google's got a check-in system. Oh, I mean, probably. Does the card scan at your nearest door? Then he works here, right? Like, this either means two things: either they're just awful, or Google has terrible security at their door. <laughs> right, right. People can just walk in. Another one was an actual security guard who said he was on break. Uh, and he had a particular break room he really liked because it had all the, the like the snacks he enjoyed. All the good stuff. Right. right. I mean, I, I think the good stuff is everywhere at Google, but this one was his good stuff. And then while he's sitting there, he gets a radio call and they go, hey, Dave, can you check uh, when you get off break, go by the second floor break room on the C building. They're saying that there's a suspicious person. And he's like, I'm here right now. I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> he then spent an hour afterwards on uh, when he came off break looking for himself. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Hey, when you get off break, can you, uh, there's a suspicious person in this room. I'm in this room. Yeah. The room's empty right now. But if he comes back, I'll let you know. Like, <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny in the sense that, like, he didn't dawn on him that they were talking about him. And then he's like, I'm on guard. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you. You. It's literally it's literally the entire, like, joke the of uh, the maniac from uh, Spongebob. <laughs> he's like, he Spongebob. He's, yeah, he's like, Spongebob. He's sitting right in the middle of the street. He's like, I'm in the middle of the street. <laughs> it's literally that. It's legitimately that. Except way worse. 
That's pretty funny. All right. Nico, tell everybody about our friends, The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more is open at full operating hours. They get all kinds of events rolling up this week. I was going to make sure I have all my dates right. So, uh, uh, Friday at 6 p.m. is the Star Wars X-Wing casual meetup. Uh, also at 6 p.m. is the Marvel Crisis Protocol community meetup. This is oh. a new event here. Starting to, starting to work it in. Yeah, the Crisis Protocol. This is really this is the their the Marvel mini game. Yeah, uh, I got a one of the friends in the HeroClix group has post, has been painting his minis and posting pictures of it. it. I mean, it looks cool. I just I don't. HeroClix is my heart. It's because it's because you don't want to paint him. That's, that's I don't. Really <laughs> what else is going on? Uh, Saturday, September twenty fifth at six p.m. is Hammer Time. That's Warhammer Tabletop. Uh, and also at 6 p.m. is even more magic time. This is the uh, Saturday is the weekly commander meetup. All that and more right there at the Adventure Begins Comics Games More. Fantastic store with wonderful staff. All these amazing events every week, pretty much. Uh, all right here at the Adventure Begins Comics Games and more. All right, we're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back, we got. Uh, a little bit left of Nerd Thug Radio. Just a little bit. A little bit left. We'll be right back. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories this is Corey dlg of nerd thug radio just reminding you that if you're interested and if you're bored if you got some free time if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place the adventure begins should be an option you consider everything from DD adventures league to miniature painting uh to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events all those things occur at the adventure begins comics games and more Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. The Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. That's where we go when we um, do the business. Yeah. Are we, we monsters or are you talking about merch? I, uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss this on a public landline. You're still using a landline? <laughs> uh, isn't, that, isn't that what you're doing? No. Oh. Me neither then. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna find out Corey living in the Stone Age. Uh, yeah. When did I leave it? I don't. I don't understand. Tell me, you don't uh, use smoke signals and rotary phones? Yeah, I once shot a road flare up into the air just to notify someone six miles away that I was closing in. The most intimidating man in the world. <laughs> oh God, Corey's coming. 
Um, <laughs> it's Thursday, so Thursday we usually talk a little sports. Um, I've got an interesting tidbit from the Blue Jays game that you're going to hate. Oh, man. I don't remember who they're playing, but the Blue Jays – so in baseball, in all sports, um, especially – okay, so the NFL, because the schedule is kind of spread out, it's once a week, you have a couple days to, sp- to look at particular scouting reports for players, so you probably don't bring too many to the game. In basketball, you're, there's so much travel that on the flight to the next city, you probably go over your scouting reports. You probably don't bring them to the game. In baseball, there's so much travel and there's so many games and they're back-to-back and the lineups can change from game one to game two that scouting reports are literally everywhere in the dugout and in the locker room behind the scenes and all that, okay? Yeah. For those who don't know what I mean by scouting reports, um, let's say I'm on the Houston Rockets roster and I'm a power forward and we're going to be playing the San Antonio Spurs. My the power forward coach or the front court coach is going to put together a scouting report of the guys that I'm probably going to match up with in the game. Is going to tell me their tendencies, um, likes to roll to his left, uh, cannot start a dribble with his right hand, watch out for fake outs, um, likes to pump fake, like things of that nature, so that I have that in my head as I'm defending him, um, and in. Also, as, as I'm trying to beat him on offense, I know his tendencies. Um, same thing for baseball. Well, I wish I could remember who they were playing. The Toronto Blue Jays, their catcher, it, I think, had it in his pocket, his scouting report, for all of the hitters. Mm-hmm. And during a play, one of the runners for the opposing team slides across home base, and it's sitting out there in the dirt. And he says, oh, what's this? And he picks it up, and he takes it back. Well, there's a little bit of controversy. The catcher's kind of talking to the umpire and pointing at the at the, you know, at the dugout or whatever, pointing at him. And he's like, I don't know. Why did you point at me? I didn't, you know. Uh-huh. But the umpire's like, well, that's not really against the rules. So, like, it is what it is. Um, which is, you know, correct. But it is kind of a weird thing. So, anyway... It is what it is. It's not really against the rules. I'm not going to get involved. When the batter comes up to bat next, they peg him with a baseball. Wow. Literal children. <laughs> this he is, is the worst sport ever. He is punished for picking up a scouting report he found on the ground. <laughs> like, what? I can't even I can't even like begin to fathom how petty and how awful this is. Now listen, this is a this is a problem for the Blue Jays because it does mean that every batter now knows the tendencies that this catcher was going to be calling for in this matchup. So this is insight that would help them fine tune every individual batter's hitting. It is a bad thing for the Blue Jays. But it's their own catcher's fault. Yeah. It's 100% his fault. And also, like, what an obnoxious way to, like, quote-unquote, solve this problem. Well, that's how baseball solves all of its problems, though, is they just peg the guy. Whoever did it, they just peg him. (laughs) Did someone hit three runs against us last time? Okay. 
we're going to peg him this week when he comes up to bat. Yeah, such an awful petty sport. In a game, in a game, convinced that they're the gentleman's sport. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing gentlemanly about baseball. Yeah, they're just the absolute worst to each other. And then people are like, "Oh man, I'm so surprised." Yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I tend to agree with you on baseball. It is, it's not what they think it is. They, they're not as cool as they think they are. They're not fooling anybody. Right, and it's just the. It's like a strange lack of professionalism that I feel like the other sports just don't have. And that they just weirdly embrace. Yeah. They're like, no, obviously you do that. They're just oddly very cool with being like, I don't care. Yeah. Like if someone like, all right. So like, I think, I think a good example was like the one where they're up like eight bases loaded and the guy hits a grand slam. And he swung on like the first pitch or something. Yeah. And then they're like, and they're like, well, you're supposed to. Oh yeah, like the the pitcher had gotten like, he had thrown like several balls in a row. Yeah, he'd thrown first strike against you. Right. Yeah. Something something really obnoxiously stupid. It's like that would never happen. It's like, and then everyone was mad. It's like like if that happened in any other sport, you know, a defense is doing terribly, and then you just like. It's like it's like oh now you have to take the knee on the punt return. You can't score. Right. It's like I always said in that particular situation. Now, granted, as a batter, I wouldn't even swing my bat until the pitcher threw a strike. So, like, if I go up there, if he's just thrown three balls in a row, six balls in a row, whatever it might be, I'm going. I think it was 12. I think he literally walked everyone on base and then he like smashes it home. And I think it was Fernando Tatis who has been having a great year, but I said had to be reminded of the rules of baseball a few times um yeah i think he swung at the first pitch and grand slammed him and the the pitcher was mad the catcher was mad and when he got to his dugout the manager explained to him why he wasn't supposed to swing at it i don't understand what that means um and then the manager even said in public that yeah it kind of goes against baseball a little bit that's not real baseball you're not supposed to swing like in that situation he goes, but it's tough. Like, what am I going to tell my guy? I was like, well, clearly you told him not to swing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I honestly I, – I say do whatever makes you happy. If they throw if they throw just free garbage over the plate and you can jack it like that, then do it. Me personally, with three runners on base, I'm probably not taking my bat off my shoulder until he throws the first strike because if I get a free walk there – without even swinging my bat, uh, get a run anyway, and then I get to stand on first base and had to do nothing to get there. But, yeah, if he just leaves it over the plate, send it home. Like, what? Yeah, like, it, it's just so silly to me that, like, there's no other sport. No other sport would be like, this is clearly, this isn't real basketball. This isn't real football. <laughs> right. Like, but it does drive me crazy in baseball that the, the batters do swing at uh at pitchers when they're having a rough streak. I've never understood it. I've watched games. I've been at games where I literally have said out loud, "I'm not. Why is anyone swinging a bat? This guy hasn't thrown a strike in like nine pitches." Yeah, and like, look, when you're having a bad day, you're having a bad day, and I get like, 
it's supposed to be even rougher. But this is this is the big. This is supposed to be like the big leagues, and maybe because they don't baseball doesn't pay their players and they play too many games for it to matter. Like, it might be. It might be. Like maybe maybe they take baseball a little bit more seriously if there wasn't four hundred games a year, and there's like. They actually paid their players, and they didn't have to be in the league for fifteen years. Yeah, that might that might be part of the issue for them. Like, I don't know. Like, it feels like a really weird. Like, maybe that's why they have a weird sense of honor because they have to do it for so long before they start getting anywhere. Hey, um, let's move over to the NBA here because I've got an interesting one here. Okay. So over in the NBA, uh, Ben Simmons, who is uh, in the Philadelphia 76ers, he had a bad playoffs, though. Um, he just wasn't very good. The Philadelphia experiment is over. He wants out of Philadelphia. He doesn't want to be there anymore. Now, they've already given him a lot of money. I think he's in the middle of his big contract. Um, or I think he's one or two years away from being eligible for the like the $250 million one. Um, but he just doesn't want to come back to Philly. It's just not working. And Philly, to their own situation, they really need to kind of change this team up a little bit because it's not working in the playoffs anyway. Um, however, they're of the mindset that they don't want to trade him away. Uh, I heard a trade proposal the other day that I actually really kind of like, though. The Washington Wizards have a guy named Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Now, Bradley Bill and John Wall were supposed to be the super team, okay? They were supposed to be this tandem of guards that you just couldn't handle. But John Wall stayed hurt, and Bradley Bill has never been good enough on his own to, to win. And Washington, while they're deep, they don't have any great players. Bradley Bill is primarily a shooter, though. Three points and long twos. What Philadelphia really, 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 really needs is more shooting. So going to so trading superstar for superstar and getting Bradley Bill and maybe a draft pick or something, because he is older. He's in his I think he's 30, 31, versus Ben Simmons, who's I think only 24 or 25 somehow. Um, but feels like he's been in the league forever. But Ben Simmons will go to Washington, and actually, he'll look pretty good there. Uh, they were talking about it on PTI, uh, which uh, one of my favorite sports shows of all time, and how they just have so many other players who already shoot in space and spread the floor that Ben Simmons can come in and just pass to those guys and be the dribble penetrator, be the like the primary ball handler, and distribute the ball to all these guys, kind of like a Russell Westbrook. Um. I like the trade for that idea. I just, the, the impetus, the problem is Daryl Morey, former Rocket general manager is the general manager for Philadelphia. And he is convinced that someone's going to way overpay for Ben Simmons. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time someone has grossly overpaid for someone. It's true. You can in the NBA there is there does seem to always be somebody willing to give a king's ransom. I go back to thinking about Jimmy Butler and the Rockets offering, and this was a Daryl Morey era trade offer, offering literally access to all eight first round picks. Yeah. Four straight up and four swaps. 
so silly. So silly. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't crush you as bad as it sounds like initially. Like initially, when you hear that, you're like, nobody's worth eight picks, nobody. But on the flip side, those other years, the Rockets with Jimmy Butler and James Harden and everybody else, they would probably be a really good team. So the Rockets are probably picking, you know, 23 or later. Yeah. And so the odds of them actually swapping with Miami, who if they get rid of Jimmy Butler, maybe they're bad for two or three years in a row. Those swaps would be irrelevant. That's true. I don't – and, like, I'm sure that's part of the thing that's going in. But also I feel like people also pay, like, the Kings ransom when there's, like – when they have, like, a really hot year. So maybe it's just because he hasn't done much that he's not going to – someone's not going to overpay for it. But who knows? Well, you'd like to think so. But Paul George, who I think is one of the most worthless, quote-unquote, superstars in the NBA uh, – he did get traded to the Clippers after the Thunder paid him after his zero point through three quarters game seven performance. Um, he literally got a like a two hundred million dollar extension out of that game, and I, I didn't under I, I don't uh, know what anyone else needs to see to be like, uh, maybe we shouldn't keep him around. We're down by twenty five, and he averages thirty a game in the playoffs, and. We have zero through three quarters. Anybody? No, uh, you got you got me there. You got me there. <laughs> I mean, like he was. They were down basically exactly what he contributes in game, and he was doing nothing for them points wise. And I think he's finished the game with like seven points or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but get out of here with that mess. <laughs> Head turn. They're like, don't worry, guys. We got it. Check the score. What happened? <laughs> exactly. And then that all season, they're like, hey, do you want $200 million to stay here? What? Like, yeah, I've been thinking about it. I do want $200 million to stay here. I'll take it. Uh, and then the Clippers, the following year after the experiment, still, that's the, okay. It didn't work. He was on a contract year. It didn't work. And instead of just Oklahoma City just moving on, they offer they offer him the extension, they sign him long term. Then the very next year, they blow it up anyway. Yeah, you you love to see the you love to see the uh, dude. Here's a seven billion dollar contract for twenty seven years, and he's like, "You realize I'm thirty five, right?" Yeah, and then they they're like, "Yeah, no problem." It's like, and then he doesn't play for the next eight years. Well, I mean, um, Chris Paul got his extension, so I mean, what do I know? I guess <laughs> you know nothing, Corey. He was talking about opting out of the last two years of his deal, so it was going to be about sixty or eighty. I think it was. I think it was eighty million. He was opting out of no sixty million. He was opting out of on the last two years because he could because he could get. No, no, no. It was the last year of his deal, and he was opting out of $42 million because he wanted to sign a new contract total worth $100 million. And apparently this two, one team way over-offered him, and the Suns offered him a little bit over what he wanted. I think he got like 120 for four years to stay with the Suns. That's insane. So, you know, what do I know? What do I know? You know nothing, Corey. I don't. 
Um, well, apparently the Lakers were willing to like sign and trade for him. They're like, we'll move the stuff around. Like, yeah, get him. But they could make the money work. Thanks, the Lakers. But never the, cease to amaze me. I mean, the Clippers gave, I think, four first rounders or access to four first rounders for Paul George. And I don't think they even blinked about it. I think they were totally fine with that. They're like, how does this sound? Well, because they couldn't trade the ones coming into this first draft, like they don't even, the Thunder don't even get the first pick until next year. And then it's every other year for four years, for eight years, four picks. So that's so bad. And like, I get it. Like, Things will change. You'll make trades. You'll probably get some of those back. But, like, just the sound of that is awful. Yeah, and the NBA, the trades are the, – the draft picks are so weird. They'll keep moving around like currency. Like, and they still belong to the original team. And so what happens is the Nets were still really bad. And at one point, the Boston Celtics had their first-round pick – coming into the draft class where it was finally going to cash in. Like this pick had been traded like I think two other times already and just moved around like currency. Oh no, 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 no. It had been part of the trade from the Celtics, from the Celtics sending Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett over to the Nets. They did these, this massive draft capital deal where the, the Celtics just got reloaded by the Nets and the Nets gave draft picks to take on two big contracts with two old guys and like they immediately fell apart like it was it was a, a <laughs> it's just a, it was just a nightmare Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce at this point were I mean 37 and 36 or something like that like and the Nets were like yeah here's five draft picks for these guys like the Nets gave no thought to it uh here's young players and then here's draft picks just take it all thanks buddy um it was a it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. But so that Nets first round pick that everybody was circling because it was completely unprotected, and the Mets were and the Nets were garbage. Um, it's funny how like picks appreciate in value, like how bad you are. <laughs> oh yeah. So as this one's coming up to cash, and the whole league knows it's coming up to cash, it started to become an actual asset that people would talk about on sports shows. This is what's so crazy about the NBA draft and about the NBA draft picks and all that is as this thing was coming up to cash, Boston was young and talented and they didn't necessarily need the pick at that point. And so all of a sudden this was a movable asset that literally every commentator and analyst would talk about. And don't forget Boston still has that Nets draft pick coming up for this year's draft. And, like, I mean, it was just all the time, over and over and over again, when they would talk about potential trades or whatever, like, well, if Boston thinks they're only one player away, they definitely still have that draft pick from the Nets for this draft coming up. So they've got the ability to really swing a home run here. And you're like, man, like, everyone's and, – <coughs> and everyone was obsessed with the pick. It wound up getting traded uh, as part of the Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Lowry uh, – Kyrie Irving trade, I'm sorry. Um, when Cleveland, when Kyrie Irving, when Kyrie Irving wanted out of Cleveland, he went to Boston for two years, and Boston sent Isaiah Thomas and the Nets pick to Cleveland. 
just to meet like and then like that was all it took to get a, a top two point guard in the league because the Nets pick was so valuable at that point. Insane. <laughs> all right, we don't have too much time here, so I'm gonna make this really quick. I've got a prediction in the NFL. I have a team of destiny for all this. Right. Every year in the NFL, there's a team that just wins a lot of close games. There'll be a team that make that feels like they make a giant leap. Like last year, they went eight and eight. All of a sudden, this year, for some reason, they win twelve games. And while they did make some moves, not twelve games, good moves. You're kind of like, what are they doing here? All right. Then when they go back, they start looking at it, and they won like seven games by less than a field goal. My team of destiny to watch this season is the Arizona Cardinals. Oh man, the team that we made fun of for so long. And I don't think they're I don't think they're special in any other way. Like I don't love any particular thing about their pass rush is crazy. JJ Watt and Chandler Jones, uh Chandler Jones in the first game had five sacks. Wow, that's really impressive actually. <laughs> right. Um but I don't love Kyler Murray. Uh I'm I'm not a firm believer of him. Uh he- Hopkins, who will catch it, so that will happen. Uh, but more importantly, they played Tennessee, who's not a – they just don't. But then they played Minnesota, who is a good team, and it came to a missed field goal from Minnesota as time expired for Arizona to win. Wow. So Arizona's up two. Minnesota goes to kick it. It's a makeable 40-yarder and just pulls it just right. It's, and that's the end of the game. And that was it, boys. It's all she wrote. I just feel like they're 2-0. and They're talented, and there are guys who are going to get hurt on this team. J.J. Watt probably won't play all season, stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like these early wins, when you beat up bad teams, good. When you lucky beat good teams, that's when it starts to really – that's when it becomes something to watch. Because there's going to be a team every year, because that's what happens, that when you look back over their schedule, there was like four or five games they they won by like one or two. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I remember one year Carolina was like four and 12, but they were talking to the head coach at the end of the season. Or no, it was the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders were like four and 12, and they were talking to their head coach at the end of the season, and their head coach was like, uh, we lost seven games by by two points or fewer. So, you know, I'm not that upset with our bit with our team this year. Yeah, you know, like had oh. we had we got it's like oh they they did do that. Wow, all right. And it does kind of change your thinking a little bit. Like, listen, some of that's garbage. Time. Yeah, well, but it does kind of change how you feel about a team when you find. Oh yeah, they were like right there in all of those losses. Like there weren't as many blowouts and walkovers as you thought there were. Yeah, you, you saw someone a record of like, yeah, we did pretty bad. It's like, yeah, and but at least all of our losses were at least respectable, aside from like probably one or two of them. Yeah, and listen, there are games to get away from everybody. But yeah, it definitely probably feels a little bit better when you look back and you go, oh, we lost. I want to say, I want to say the Cowboys one year lost like four games by a combined like five points or something like that. You know how you do that. <laughs> Um, they won last week, so they're now two. They're now one and one, tied with the Texans, who are also now one and one. The Texans play tonight. They're hosting the Carolina Panthers here at home at Reliance Stadium. Deshaun Watson will not be dressing out, even though Tyrod Taylor is hurt. 
uh, that pretty much locks it up that Deshaun Watson won't be dressing out for the Texans, but that they will not deactivate him. And they also won't dress him and force the league to suspend him. So I guess keep an eye out for that Deshaun Watson trade at some point. It's it's such a weird situation. I just I don't understand it. All right. All that being said, we're up against it here. I do want to thank everybody for listening. On behalf of little brother Nico and myself, same nerd click time, same nerd click channel. Just a heads up, we are coming up on episode 400. It's going to be right here at the end of the month. And we are excited if you'll come hang out with us uh, as we do the thing. So next week, it's the what the Thursday show? Yep. Episode number 400, guys. All right, thanks for listening. We're going to jump out. Y'all have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock with more Nerds. Don't you